to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. That's right, you're on FBI Radio 94.5 FM and it is time for Movies, Movies, Movies. I'm here with Jack and Andre. Welcome to the studio. Salut. Hey. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> bonjour. Ça va? We only speak in French now. Oh my God. Oh, Don't encourage Andre. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Let's talk about Claire Denis in French. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And am I correct in saying that we're about to go to some movie news? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to tell you what's happening. We're going to dish, yeah. All right, well, let's hit it. Movie news. Jack. Love that intro. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Lily Bennett for <laughs> coming in on Shrek with that. Um, what's happening this week? Okay, the women of SNL are making a reunion movie, Wine Country, which has got Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, Tina Fey, and everyone else. But we're most excited by spying the non-binary demigod, comedian, and singer, and now queen of the silver and Netflix screen, Aunt Freckle. Mm. You can catch her out on the horny American Idol audition video. Mm. <laughs> Instagram's amazing. Mm. Um, so, and who else is in this? Maya Erskine from Pen15 is also going to be in Wine Country. Country. Are you serious? Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. So amazing. So excited. And also, like, I can never tell because I obviously grew up, we grew up on like SNL sketches and yes. being completely addicted to them. <laughs> but you never know if SNL is like off the zeitgeist, on the zeitgeist, mm. whether it's a bit cringe, the cold opens are a bit like too Trumpy or something. Mm. But this week with Emma Stone looks so good. This is, I think Wine Country is really interesting because I feel like it, um, throughout the years you've had all these women having their individual shows like Parks and Rec, 30 yeah. Rock, SNL, uh-huh. and then even Broad City. And now they're all just like mushing together to make a movie. And that's why we're all excited about it. Which just looks like the new bridesmaids. Anyway, in other fab... I'm going to move on. In other fab (laughs) celeb media celeb news... Mm -hmm. Okay, this is actually a bit grim, so hold your horses. Yeah, I was going to say fab celebrity news. (laughs) I'll call it fab because it might be a shout-out spiritually to Heath Ledger. So Mm -hmm. the latest Donald Trump campaign video uses the exact same score from The Dark Knight by Hans Zimmer and the same font. (laughs) So I do the score? (laughs) Oh, I totally could if I didn't have Shrek stuck in my head right now. I totally would. (laughs) I know, I was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, but you you immediately recognize it if you're a fan of The Dark Knight starring Heath Ledger mm-hmm. and um, in the video basically Trump is just claiming to be Batman and just trying to save oh. the Gotham City of our world but also I just feel like we keep having these little stabs in the back coming out recently reminding us of Heath Ledger's presence because we had a, a fabulous shout out uh, with the poster for the new Joker the movie new Joker coming movie. out we drove past the place where they shot Candy the other exactly. day exactly we had this Donald Trump camera video come out we've just had three massive moments reminding us that oh yeah Heath Ledger was the best I need a hard pivot from that and thank god we have it in Lou Reed's wife and filmmaker Laurie Anderson who made Heart of a Dog which is at Sydney Film Festival it was kind of hard to see if you didn't see it at Sydney Film Festival but it's this beautiful sort of I don't know, poem film about love and loss. Uh, I think they call it an art film. An art film. <laughs> uh, she's going to debut a VR install at Cannes, which will hopefully come here, about... It's called, like, The Other Side of the Moon, or mm. what is it? The Face in the Moon? I Something wish like this that. was written down on our document. It's funny, because Jack and I actually worked on the VR project as a director, so we, <laughs> we should, should probably know this. <laughs> we should absolutely know this. <laughs> and for you noobs out there who don't know anything about art film, we've got some bomb stuff coming out on Netflix, like the Bay Trailer documentary, mm. which is going to coincide with the one-year anniversary 
anniversary of Beyonce headlining Coachella. She's got a documentary coming out about her entire performance, which I'm excited to see. Jack isn't low-key. Didn't want to see it on there. What are you talking about? I'm are so you, excited to see it. You, oh, I just like whenever I brought it up, you always oh kind of roll honey. your eyes. Uh, oh, no, sorry, I just I, threw some shade. I absolutely <laughs> didn't, and you're literally always wrong. I'm so excited <laughs> to see it. We've already scheduled a whole house viewing of it without you. But you're also... Where were you when you saw Bachella do the live stream at Coachella? Literally was in my kitchen in Redfern, just watching it by myself. <laughs> well, I was with my mum and Freya on our couch, and mum pulling in and out of sleep. But oh my gosh, couple moments. Shout out to I the... feel like everyone was FaceTiming at the time it was happening. Where were mm. you when you saw it? Um, I was just alone in my bedroom. That's really... Just hanging out. Mm. But I, it was a moment. Like, I had the, moment. the tissues nearby, like, mm. you know, a little... You were actually at Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. I was actually there. Cool. Do you think there was a moment like that this year? Obviously not, because you didn't tune in at all. No. <laughs> why, why are you outing me like this on Sorry, I'm sorry. Wow. Everyone's um, being outed today on Movies, Movies, Movies. But we also have a <laughs> teaser for the new Big Little Lies season, directed by Andrea Arnold. We Mary have, Louise Streep getting real. We have the Fosse Verdon show that's appearing on uh, some streaming service that Jack has found. Uh, Tales of a City. By Armistead Maupin, who's coming. Okay, but also, speaking of Coachella, we're going to be reviewing Guava Island uh, up yes. next. Uh, mm, which which live-streamed on Coachella. By Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also got a film by Brie Larson we're going to talk about. Amazing. Well, speaking of the Queen Riri, we're going to hit to a song from Auntie called James Joint. Thank you, Andre and Jack, for joining me in the studio for Movies, Movies, Movies. This is FBI Radio 94.5. I'd rather be smoking weed whenever we breathe. Every time you kiss me, don't say that you miss me. Just come get me. And we're back with Movies, 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 Film Lords, Jack and Andre. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, that was Riri, obviously. Super excited off Guava Island. But we have some reviews now. That's so right. So let's hit it. Behold, we sell what you need. Unicorns? That was the only thing I ever wanted. If I have one brought here, I have to know that you're for real. Recognize those voices, y'all. That is Samuel <laughs> Jackson and Brie Larson getting pretty cute and cuddly in Unicorn Store, which is basically what the whole movie is. But Unicorn Store is a film by Brie Larson where she plays Kit, an art school dropout who meets a magician, Samuel Jackson, mm-hmm. with a unicorn hookup, which is obviously what she's always dreamed of. She can have the animal, but has to transcend her average temp job life first and access true creative potential, blah, 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 all that stuff. This whole movie is a Jesse J lyric, but before you chop this up, slow down, because yes, Brie Larson does prove that she's a beige auteur hooked on cheesy Ellen DeGeneres self-help, but this film of hers is kind of amusing because she basically plays Kit like she's actually 
being a college failure and we all know Brie Larson flunked out of Disney before flunking out of NYU Tisch and also Unicorn Horn uh, Unicorn Horn Unicorn Store <laughs> indulges our favourite film trope which is relatable narcissist tryhard artist who lives with her parents and finds a supernatural answer to their problems so as someone familiar with office spaces thanks to workaholic parents which is basically what the whole film's about who's also kind of dumb Unicorn Store is fine in like a tiny furniture kind of way but for people who live in California and also hate culture. Jack, was all this ennui just a metaphor for the depression that is Netflix? It's <laughs> just like, office spaces are bad enough. Brie, I don't need Brie Larson making them worse for me. It's <laughs> like, oh, I'm so glad that you don't have to be in an office space because you've been able to fulfil your creative potential since you're a teen actor. But she's, an art, she's a struggling artist she's in an office space. She's a struggling artist in an office space that she wrote and directed herself and she's never had to work in an office a day in her whole life. It's so rude. <laughs> she didn't even write it. That was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> she, didn't, did, she didn't write it. She didn't write it. She just directed she it. She just directed it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so anyway, no shade on Brie Larson. Good totally. On you. Um, but also, this film is just, it's just so annoying, Andre. It's such it's a shame. It's a truly annoying movie. It's a shame because I feel like whenever I watch a Brie Larson flick, I always think about how much you loved her in United States of Tara, but I don't think I've seen a good Brie Larson flick ever. There, I said it. Right. Think about it. Trainwreck, Unicorn Store. Haven't seen King Kong, but I don't want to. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. All bad movies. Mm, that's true. Has she ever been in a good movie? I don't know, but she's definitely sung a good song. I like her song in Scott Pilgrim. Totally. And I do appreciate her in Room. There, I said it. Okay. All right. What's what's your unicorn store in a word? Uh, um, hyphenated fairy bread. <laughs> My word is pat. <laughs> pat. There you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, next up, uh, yes. we're doing Guava Island. Mm. Uh, can I play the clip? Of course you can. I can do it when no one is listening. Well, the part you didn't run was beautiful. It's funny. That's what my other girlfriend say. I was joking. I was joking. Okay, uh, Guava <laughs> Island came out this weekend. It was up on the live stream of Coachella just after Donald Glover's performance. And you could kind of catch it if you were up before 11am on Sunday morning, <laughs> which not. is, uh, you know, kind of a hard ass. But you can just find it. People can just find things uh, mm. on the internet. And we did. We downloaded it and I've seen it. And I wrote a really scathing review about how annoyed I am mm-hmm. by the distracting, distracting Bradley Cooper martyrdom of Donald Glover in Guava, Guava Island. It's another actor turned creator taking center stage and making everyone else watch their funerals. Uh, it's, such, it's so masturbatory. <laughs> But I can't do it because, uh, okay, Rihanna doesn't sing. Okay, she's just a two-dimensional girlfriend character in another vehicle for Donald Glover to unpack the ways in which he's a bad boyfriend. But really, she's the heart and soul of this film, and she probably only had a couple of days in her schedule to shoot it. She narrates the opening animation, which is this beautiful allegory about natural wonder and beauty being replaced by industrialization and the importance of art to remind us how to be free. Letitia Wright looks across at her in the sweatshop where they work, trying to get her to dance. That shit was art house. The whole thing is set in Cuba and shot on crackly soft 16mm film. Waves are crashing in the background of the workers in constant sunset. But then Childish comes on with his corny dancing and his lame pop music and the whole thing reminds you that, oh wait, Amazon made this. And oh wait, the festival he's fighting for is technically Coachella. But like Keep Sydney Open, it's important to look around the back at the beauty hiding behind it. So I think everyone should watch Guava Island because there's so much happening on the sidelines. Andre, Justice for Rihanna? It was so hard for me because this is a vacation movie and I brought all my baggage to it. And you know how I feel about Donald Glover. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess you're right. If you just look past all your trepidations, if you have any about Donald Glover and just look at it at a beautiful, you know, 
a holiday movie that has great scenery and has Riri doing something. You don't something. watch it as a holiday movie. You watch it as like a... It's a holiday movie. It's an anti-capitalist movie. Oh, it is a holiday. It's about having a public holiday because uh, fuck the authorities. Mm. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that this film um, actually came out in the same year that one of the... Um, I hate to do like a sneaky little snarky name dropper, but um, Khalid Ala's Black Mother was a documentary um, that came out this year. He was one of the people who worked on Beyonce's uh, most recent album, doing a lot of the filmmaking. And it's a documentary about Jamaica and it looks mm. exactly like this film. Not the same place, but it has a very similar vibe. Yeah. And I just kind of feel like Kylie did it first. He kind of like got in early and now Donald's just kind of like crawling back up and doing something as well. I don't know. I think art is a conversation, Andre. Okay. I don't think one person ever does anything first. I think Riri is a superior artist to Donald Glover. And, and that's it makes the whole no thing. sense. It makes no sense. It's like, don't you dare capture her in this girlfriend role. You, you... can see that she's bursting out to do something better. Filmmakers are desperate to put Rihanna in their films and she well, rocks up for like an hour long Coachella movie by Donald Glover and doesn't get to do anything but just be an ingenue no thanks well that's how I felt about In A Star Is Born it's like Lady Gaga is so like transcends this film and you put her in this box and you're kind of critiquing like her role and like taking away her agency and it feels the same way for Rihanna do you know who should have played her character who Bob Dylan I feel like <laughs> just give it to Bob Dylan honestly what the hell is he doing don't make Rihanna waste her time oh my god Bob Dylan as Donald Glover's older girlfriend <laughs> playing the playing <laughs> no, but Rihanna is fabulous. Um, I really hope that she gets a vehicle that's actually worthy of her time. In a word... Honestly, though, like, uh, films... We take films really seriously. And Rihanna was having fun on this. I think everyone on board was having fun with this. And, like, good on her for not giving herself fully to this. If I had to describe this in a word, I would describe it as guava, because I don't like guava. Really? No, I don't like guava. What about Popo? It's Popo! <laughs> Jack, in a word, what do you give Guava Island? Um, Popo lip balm. Popo lip balm. Yeah, purple lip balm. I was into it. Love that. Well, this is movies, movies, movies. Up next, everything that's happening in cinema and screenings around town in Sydney Spotlight. Looking mm. forward to that. Speaking of Riri, she's fabulous, she's gorgeous, and this next song is called Gorgeous by Slow Tie. You're on FBI 94.5. That's right, you're on Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. I'm joined still by Jack and Andre, our lovely film lords, and we have a guest in the studio. That's right. We've got Ben Hackworth uh, mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. studio who can tell us about his new film, Celeste, which is premiering tonight at the Randwick Ritz. Uh, and it's shot in Queensland. It's shot in this labyrinth of the mind, Paranella Park, which mm. is this like crazy old colonial like castle yeah, by like an, a hydro dam, right? I know it's an architectural folly that this Spanish man built in the in the late twenties to lure uh, this bride to Australia. So he built it as like a this kind yeah. of crazy decadent Gaudi esque like thing. He, he was a pastry chef. That's crazy. And so he didn't know how to build. So he built it from this clay that falls down and naturally erodes so it looks like it's 3,000 years old it's like endured cyclones and floods and yeah I, I um, was inspired by the story by Diane Salento who's a friend of my co-writers who was an actress from Wicker Man I don't know if anyone knows that she the re- older one she, she or was Sean Connery's one? ex-wife and oh, so she wow. retired and had this kind of woman cult in the like not cult but like a theatre troupe in, in the um, rainforest mm. um, but it wasn't as beautiful as Paranel Park so we mm. kind of threw a few things together and mm. um, the story is kind of this I guess a central trauma dream isn't it like a kind of totally but it's also about opera can you tell us a little bit about yeah. how you've actually combined <laughs> Paranel Park and this opera story oh, this story about a woman who's a classical singer yeah mm. so it's, it's interesting like I was looking for this story uh, the, the you know career for this woman that seemed right and um, I guess Billy and I like he, he was a big opera fan and um, it seemed like in order to make sense of the operatic narrative we needed her to be staging her return to the stage and her life as though it was a, an opera narrative so she's kind of um, 
everything's big, everything's c- but everything's theatrical, but it's very subtle as well. Like mm. it's um, about the subtle things in between that and, um, melodrama. And it so. looks like it's set honestly in the Jungle Book. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It's like Rudyard Kipling. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really really crazy. Yeah. I went there when I was a little kid, and I s- had all these dreams about yeah. it and couldn't remember it. And it's now you have to pay to go in. What? Oh, yes, it's crazy. It's really expensive. Now, I know. I think we made it look nicer than it. It's it's very um it's very tourist park. Mm. You know, yeah. Bit of smoke and mirrors and we make it look old. Did you have some it, CG? No, none at all, which is amazing. We just it was good old fashioned um filmmaking design. Filmmaking, exactly. <laughs> if anyone's curious, literally look up Paranella Park. It's actually yeah. such a wonder for the eyes. Yeah. It's crazy that it even exists. Which actually brings me to my next question if it's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I guess how how would you even juggle shooting in such an iconic uh, geographic location? Something that's essentially very drama heavy because mm, it's mm. not a film about uh, the location so much. No, no, it's it's taking a, a true story and kind of put, putting a new story onto the onto the location, onto the architecture. So, so we we almost we just too hypnotized by the surroundings. You, you just want to turn the camera and just shoot that the whole time. That's what I uh, that's what right, I'm thinking well, right yeah, now. Yeah, trying to, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting when I first went there, I didn't go on the tour, so I sort of made up my own narrative, and it was mm. actually not that dissimilar. Like in terms of the story, although it was in the 30s, was very similar to the narrative I was dreaming of. So it's funny how a place can bestow us with these kind of. Uh, you know, feelings. Yeah. And Far North Queensland does feel really grand and romantic when you're there. Like yeah, and, and sort of kitsch and desolate and very Australian as well. So we've got this contrast between the real Australian life, which mm. is like broad and laconic and funny, you know, and this and this kind of idea of a European dream, which, mm. you know, I think so many first and second generations Australians still hold on to. So you like also have one of Jack and I's faves, <laughs> Odessa Young, right, uh, Odessa, yeah. <laughs> uh, appearing in the film. Um, can we just fangirl for a little bit? Can we <laughs> fangirl, and also we're outraged because we were so, so lucky enough to be in Sundance to see Assassination Nation, oh, and it really? never came here. I know, it didn't. I don't understand what happened. It should have been the biggest film of last year. Well, it was, it was the, the biggest thing we saw. I mean, it was the biggest sale at Sundance, but it, it kind of tanked to the box. I mean... Not tanked, but tanked. It, almost, it just dripped out, I think. Because yeah. of these yeah. asshole critics that dragged it for mm. no reason. And it was such a good movie. And Odessa yep. Young carries that mm. film. Like, Sydney's own. Like, yeah. why didn't it get a release here? Yeah. No, it's, it's really tricky to see what, what can c- collide with the zeitgeist or not, you know? Yeah. And so, so I guess my question is, how did you manage to, like, snag Odessa? Did, you, was oh. she, did she come to you? or? Well, we actually... Uh, Odessa was one of the first people we cast in, in the picture. Odessa and Tom. Um, and it was uh, Rada we cast near the end. Actually, um, and uh, I was really glad because she was the first choice. Um, Odessa had worked on Looking for Grace, mm-hmm. um, so my producer was was mates with her. And, mm. um, yeah, we just sort of bypassed the agent, and she's like, "I love it, I love it." Yeah. <laughs> and who fine. doesn't want to shoot a film in Paranala Park? Yeah. It's really just an insane location, you guys. Get onto Google Earth and just check it the fuck out. So, where can you see this film? So tonight, speaking at the Ritz, um, and we have Rada Mitchell, uh, leading actress, who's incredible in the film. She's like a I guess they call her Blanche Dubois meets Norma Desmond. She's um very capricious and um, egocentric lady who's mm-hmm. um kind of caught caught in memory and trauma and as our lead male and they kind of go on this journey together. Will she be there tonight? She will be there saying? tonight. Yeah. Yes, and so will Thomas Cockerell. So <laughs> okay, cool. it'll be like the two cast and, and myself. Amazing um, at the Randall Group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doing Q and A afterwards. And what time? Uh, so six thirty. Um, yeah. Probably good to get tickets online now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So just go to the Ritz and it'll be there. And um, yeah, it'll be great. We'll um, answer your questions and mm-hmm. the Ritz is great there. for a premiere. <laughs> Fully, and I feel like oh. the Ritz already has like an opera kind of vibe as well. It does. It has an opera vibe. It does. Afterwards, uh, meet and greet. Mm. Jam yourself in that bar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And try and meet Ben. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for coming mm-hmm. in, Ben. So, again, the details, 6.30 tonight at the Ritz in Randwick. Yep. I've just had a look at tickets. They're $14 for concessions, 17 for adults, uh, so it's an affordable night students out. students are like $6 or something. <gasps> oh, I think so. Oh, my God. Like $6. Film yeah. students, get on there. I think so. Just go to don't quote me, today. but have a look. Okay. Yes. Okay. Something ridiculous Ooh. like that. Amazing. All right. Well, that is such a tempting offer. Might see me there. But thank you for Ben for yep. coming in. Super excited for your movie. And also thank you, our film lords, Jack and Andre, for coming in on this Monday morning. Thanks for having us, Lativa. Enjoy your week. I hope I'm right about six (laughs) dollars. We'll fact check you after the break. (laughs) Amazing. All right, let's swing it to a Sydney musician now. We have Sparrows with the song Do You Wanna Dance? It's FBI Radio 94.5. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.